welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. So the fat lady last week wasn't singing quite yet, but, um, you know, she was kind of warming up. Uh, possibly a little bit further away as we talk now. Dom, it's been uh, it's been an odd week. How do we unpick this? Uh, well, we'd have to say that if there was any period in the season where Wednesday picked up four points from two home matches, you'd say that that's fairly positive. Um, the reality is that Wednesday should have had maximum points from this week. And if yes. they did, then we really would be genuinely talking about there's the prospects of the great escape. And um, it's yes. still alive. It's still possible. But those you just wonder about the two dropped points against Bristol City. Are they going to prove costly in the final analysis? It would, it would look loads different, wouldn't it, that table? Those two extra points would really make... A difference, and it, I mean, the weird thing is, is that I mean, actually, quite a lot of other results have kind of gone our way as well, um, and so the fact that it doesn't feel like it's been a brilliant week, it probably is just that that late that late equaliser for Bristol City, isn't it? Because that was you know a penalty as well, down to ten men, so many chances. Um, it, it feels weird that we're sat here talking about that game not being three points. This should be a six-point week, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should have been in a nutshell. Uh, it was a classic um, case of Wednesday, though, this season, isn't it? Of Where uh, there have been a lot of matches where they've created enough chances to win the match or maybe even two, and they've not been ruthless enough. And, and, and there's one journalist, friend of the pod's, Alan Biggs described it as unprofessional that Wednesday threw those two points away against Bristol City. It's hard to really argue with that assessment. When you play against 10 men for 70 minutes, and by the way, that should not have been a sending off. I thought live that he'd handled it, but he clearly hadn't. You look at the replay and he didn't touch the ball. So that actually was a bit of luck that went Wednesday's way. Barry Bannon's never missed a penalty, to my knowledge, in his Wednesday career. Typically, with the way things have unfolded this season, he fluffs his lines from 12 yards. It was not a good penalty. Questionable run-up, lacked power, accuracy, everything you'd want in a penalty, really. You just wish that he lashed it and wellied it, but he didn't get, get a good connection on it at all. And that's, yeah, there's no blaming Barry Bannon. Um, for Wednesday throwing those two points away, they still had so many chances that they didn't take. And then they've got caught with the sucker punch right at the end. And it was a tremendous finish um, from the midfielder for that, for Bristol. But yeah, uh, you know, you, you came away there thinking a similar feeling I had really after Luton when they were 2-0 up. And really that's when I felt the game was up for Wednesday this season. It's in some ways a miracle that we're still talking with three matches to go, James, and the fate hasn't been sealed. It felt like a defeat, didn't it? It had that feeling of at this stage of the season, it sort of feels like you know a point is just it's it's neither use nor ornament, really. I mean, if Wednesday stay up by a point, I'll completely retract that. But we we said last week, didn't we, that it's about wins. It's about really Wednesday with you know whatever it was. 
four games, five games to go at that point. Um, it's about needing um, to win all of them, really, to be um, to be in with that chance. Now, look, you know, having said all that, things midweek take a slightly different perspective. Very important win. Other results kind of going Wednesday's way. I think there's people that we have to pretty much write out of the relegation battle now, isn't it? It's it's two from three. Um, so, um, you know, to actually be in a position whereby we are still very much in it is um, it's probably maybe as good as we could have hoped for actually going into this week. Yeah, no, it is absolutely. And you look at the um, remaining fixtures for all the teams that are involved. I- I'm in complete agreement with you that it's um, two from three, isn't it? And yep. it, the good news for Wednesday is that the two teams directly above them are on appalling runs of form. And you look at it, yes, Rotherham still have the two games in hand, but four of their last five matches are away from home, starting with Barnsley, then Brentford. They've got Luton and Cardiff away from home. They've got Blackburn right now. I mean, based on the evidence of what we saw the other night, James, they beat Blackburn. You know, Blackburn looked like a team that were on the beach. And that's not taking anything away from Wednesday, but they were poor. You know, they were, and again, Wednesday with better finishing, that final ball, the decision making, the business end of the pitch, they, they could have scored three or four and it wouldn't have flattered them. And Blackburn, yes, they did miss a few chances. Um, and Wednesday got a little bit fortunate with the winner, uh, with Windass's goal taking deflection, but it was good build up play from Wednesday. And crucially, they got the job done. And you're right, Derby gets spanked. Four goal swing in the goal difference. As I've mentioned before on the podcast, and you poo pooed it, James, goal difference could be vital. You don't, you just never know. Dom, points are vital. Goal difference right now, it doesn't, you know, we've, we've got, well, look, so it's, it's kind of unique, this isn't it? And it's not because it has happened before, but it's kind of unique in that Wednesday playing Derby on the last game of the season means that really what we're kind of counting down to now is to, it's to 45 games. Once we've played 45 games, Wednesday need to be within three points distance of Derby and Rotherham having not won their games in hand, which when you say it like that, you kind of think there's quite a few ifs and buts in that equation. But this season has been a bit crazy, hasn't it? It has been a slightly nut season. And this league has always done this. It's always been like that. It never quite goes the way that you expect it to do. So it's not, completely out of the realm of possibility that it does reach that point of having played 45 games going to Derby it would only need Wednesday to make up one point on Derby between now and then uh, which is what they've both got two games to to play um, I've not looked who Derby's games are so Derby are at home to Birmingham tomorrow um, and then their penultimate game of the season is away at Swansea which won't be easy um, so Wednesday ultimately need to like at least match and better one of Derby's last two games to still be in it going into that final game of the season you know that I gave up on this a while ago and I've not particularly kind of changed my mind on that but I do keep looking at the table and looking at the fixtures going actually I mean it could Hmm, maybe you never know it's just that last game isn't it It just makes it like if if we can take it to a winner takes all last game of the season who knows I'm beginning to come round to 
the sort of conclusion, James, that I feel as if it's all set up for that. I really do. Yeah, with everything, this season for Wednesday has been one of the wackiest probably in the club's history for a whole manner of reasons. So it really wouldn't surprise me if it all came down to the final day, uh, that one-match shootout against Derby. I'm really hoping it does. I'd love nothing more than for that to happen, but I hate to be the doom of the podcast and then also bring us back to reality, uh, which is that Wednesday don't do the jobs. They lose at Middlesbrough tomorrow. Derby beat Birmingham. It's all over. That's it. That's the end of. That's the equation. It's pretty simple. So it's very similar to the other night against Blackburn, where, again, the scenario was Wednesday lose, Derby win, Wednesday down. So Wednesday... As the club keeps saying from all the players, the coaching staff, they have to focus on themselves. They have to do their jobs. They have to take care of their own business. And that's beating Middlesbrough, who are 10th in the table. They'll be a bit disappointed that they're not closer to the playoffs, not in the mix going into the end of the season. But as we know, they're managed by a certain Neil Warnock. And Neil Warnock will not want to be doing Wednesday any favours whatsoever. Um, although he did interesting say he does hope there's a Sheffield Derby next season in the Championship, intimating that he would like Wednesday to stay up. But I don't think he'd be looking yeah. to do them any favours yeah. tomorrow. What he says publicly and what he's going to say to his players privately, probably very different um, different things. I think we know that Neil Warnock, I think Neil Warnock's the kind of manager that whatsoever is managing to win every game, probably regardless of who it's against, but particularly against Wednesday. Um, having said all this, I mean, you know, Middlesbrough are obviously in that kind of, you know, end of season sort of thing whereby they're, they're not going to make the, the playoffs. Um, mathematically, I think it's now impossible for them to get even close to the playoffs anyway. They're obviously not going to get dragged into to anything at the other end of the table. So they are in that, you know, proper on the beach territory. Um, and they only just beat 10-man Rotherham in Midweek, you know, it wasn't like they completely trounced them. So um, I, I, I don't know what to make of it. Um, I think uh, we've how many times this season have we seen these kind of false stones from Wednesday, whereby they put in a performance and get the result, and then next game throw it all away. Um, and then the flip side to it all, Derby against Birmingham, who've all, by all accounts had a fairly terrible season, haven't the Birmingham? But they are actually one of the form teams in the league at the moment where they're unbeaten in whatever it is, five or six. So um, certainly I think Birmingham will will not be looking for that run to come to an end. And then we've got Rotherham at Barnsley, as you mentioned. Barnsley are in the form of their lives um, and have been for weeks now. So... Ah, don't know. I mean, we we said, didn't we, about at the end of the 24th of April, that was going to be a real pivotal day because of Derby playing Birmingham and just the way that the fixtures kind of felt that, that this was going to be a real key weekend. And it still really is. It is. And Wednesday, where I am concerned about their prospects of getting out of this, James, it comes down to the away form that has been wretched all season. They've got the worst record in the division. They've lost 15 out of 21 away matches and two out of the last three games are on the travels and they've got to realistically win them both. That's what they have to do. So it's a big ask. It's a huge challenge. 
the good news is Wednesday, if if they can get a result and they're still in the mix going into Forest a week on Saturday, they could have some of the injured players back. You're looking at Moses Odebajo, Massimo Luongo, Shea Dunkley, some of the forgotten men who've not played in months, uh, you know, could be joining, you know, up in the squad. As that was the noticeable thing the other night, that bench was not strong. That was a very weak-looking bench against Blackburn in terms of game changes and people being able to come on and make a big difference. Yeah, so the more players that come back, the merrier. But yeah, Wednesday, they've won on the last two visits to Middlesbrough. So cross our fingers for the hat-trick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I was going to say, actually, it's a place that Wednesday have got some fairly fond memories of um, the 4-1, was it? Was that even last season? I can't even remember. I think it was lost last season. Um, and 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 other memories of really good days out to um, to the Riverside. So we can take something from that. I mean, ultimately for me, the big worry, my big worry is not necessarily a waveform as such, but it's, it's, it's just that... Um, it's just that strength. It's just that mental strength that has just not been there this season that when the going gets tough we've seen time and time again that this this squad just goes missing and that's my worry is that now while ever there's still something to play for then you know it is a point whereby the going is very much getting tough and I'm just concerned that it'll just fall to bits but I love being proved wrong so let's hope that it happens again we've not really talked about any individual um players over the last couple of games and obviously a couple of home games, just tell us a bit about who's stood out and uh, anything you've kind of picked up on, Dom. Well, for me, I mean, the, you can't get past when you're looking at goal threat for Sheffield Wednesday right now. It's Josh Windass. Uh, it's the form he's in. When you look at his numbers for goals and assists, last eight matches, what is it? He, he scored three and four assists. Top scorer of nine goals. They've got to keep him fit. If they're going to stand any chance of getting out of trouble... Josh Windass is going to be pivotal. And I really like, actually, that Wednesday, you would think they're going to stick with 3-4-3, and that's how they've gone about it in the last two matches when they go to the Riverside. And I like Windass on the left, sort of cutting in, going in in on his favoured right foot. And he's the one with a bit of pace that can run in behind uh, and stretches defences. He's the guy for me that... You want him, Bannon, to really turn it on the last few matches and dictate midfield. I think, you know, I mean, it's crucial, isn't it? And it's incredible that we've said it before that Bannon's played every single league match this season. By far and away, his best season in terms of appearances and being able to start. You know, you, so you've got to say, you know, that for, I think for Wednesday, those are the two key men, without a doubt. It's obvious when you look at, you know, who's going to come up with those moments of quality. You know, really, we are looking at those two, aren't we? You know, is the Bannon, the creative playmaker midfield and Windass to provide that little bit of guile up top. I suppose what I'd ask you, James, is what would you do up front uh, for Borough? Would you make a change there? As we saw, Jordan Rhodes came back in against Blackburn. Callum Patterson was on the bench, came on in the second half. That would be the only change I'd make, I think, to the team right now. I would put Patterson in, I think, against a 
let's face it, Warnock teams are renowned for being pretty physical and direct. And so I would yeah. like to put Patterson in the Rhodes. But then it's Rhodes, it's coming up against one of his former clubs, similar to Blackburn. But I, I don't really feel as if Rhodes has had big in, involvement in the last two matches for me. He's he's still he's still a goal threat, Jordan Rhodes. Um, so it, I I'm, I'm kind of torn on it actually. I'm kind of fifty fifty. You make a really good point in terms of physicality, um, and it's not just necessarily physicality. It's just the way that Callum Patterson is, isn't he? He's just you know he will he'll, he'll not take any uh, any nonsense from anyone. He'll he'll get in the faces of everyone if he needs to. He'll make his presence very known um, in in whatever ways is necessary. So maybe for that reason. Maybe maybe I go with maybe I go with you on that actually and 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 do I mean a huge thing's just going to come down to fitness as well isn't it because you know it's been a lot of football in a in a short period of time it's felt like you know we've had a lot of midweek games over the the course of the last few weeks so maybe a deciding factor is just going to be who's who's just looking like they've got that extra bit of fitness on the on the training pitch. Yes, I think you're right. It could well come down to that, uh, definitely. And the way he manages his squad will be important. And the, I mean, Tuesday was the last midweek match of the season, uh, but still, you know, they've been going through a grueling period. Uh, and they've played well, though, in the last two matches or better uh, against two mid table teams. I think the Borough will be right up for it. Um, as we said before, especially with the Warnock factor. And uh, I don't expect it to be pretty. I don't expect it to be a, um, a goal first. We're just all hoping, aren't we, that Wednesday come on the right, you know, come out of it the right side of it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how it happens, does it? It's one of those where it really doesn't need to be pretty. No one's bothered about it. It can be the worst game of football ever played if that's what it needs to be. It, it just needs to be, uh, it needs to be the game that we need it to be. We need the three points that's going to give us that chance of taking it to the, um, to the final day of the, of the season. A um, couple of other things for us to touch on then, and this is a, a, a shorter episode this week after we did quite a lengthy rant last week. Um, so um, we, uh, just after we finished recording actually last week, the announcement with regards to um, Darren Moore, who um, has obviously suffered complications after um, having um, coronavirus. Um, so he's been suffering with pneumonia. I think a bit of positive news today about about that, and I'll, I'll get you to, to mention that in a minute if you will do, Dom. Um, but obviously, it kind of goes without saying that our thoughts very much with him. I think it was a reminder, wasn't it, that you know, kind of the situation that we're in in terms of the league table is not brilliant, but there are always more important things than um, than football. So the very best wishes to um, to Darren Moore as as he um, as he recovers. Uh, but it was mentioned, wasn't it, that he seems to be making decent progress. Yes, he is. He's making very good progress. Um, and Jamie Smith uh, touched on it at his press briefing today that there is a chance that Darren Moore will be back on the touchline before the end of the season. And yeah. that, w- that would surprise me uh, in some ways, uh, just due to how you know, the severity of what he's gone through and the fact that it's the second time that he's had COVID this season. And we know that he's an asthma sufferer too. And so you just want really Darren Moore to 
be physically right and to not rush it. You can't rush your health. You know, you've, he's got to look after himself. And, I, and I'm sure, I mean, that's what, you know, from everything I've been told that, yeah, you know, he is doing, he's desperate to get back out there. And uh, I think the quote that Jamie Smith said, he was climbing the walls and he's constantly on the phone to Jamie Smith talking about tactics and selection and how they're going to go about it. But, yeah, you know, you want Darren Moore to come back when he's fit and ready. He is the future of Sheffield Wednesday. And regardless of what happens in the next three matches, you know, for, for Wednesday's perspective, you want Darren Moore you know, physically right in the best condition to lead the club forward and turn things around in the long run. Yeah, cool. Absolutely, and, and echo all of uh, all of that. The other big thing that's happened since we since we spoke, which is not not Wednesday related, of course, is the uh, European Super League um, debacle, whatever that was. Very strange that kind of came along and then vanished again in the space of um, a week. Obviously, the repercussions from that will be ongoing. But what it has prompted is kind of a review into quite a lot of things to do with football, and particularly um, in terms of fan involvement um, and um, even the possibility of changing the way that clubs are owned um, to perhaps reflect the system they have in other some other European countries that, that seems to work pretty well um, there. I mean, you know, how, how seriously these things will be considered, I guess we'll just have to, to wait and see. Um, but kind of interesting maybe that there's something there positive that comes out of um, what, what was kind of like a very strange 24, 48 hours of, um, of, of events there. But, I mean, it's something that's particularly pertinent to Wednesday, isn't it? Because, you know, we've talked a lot about the ownership situation um, and I think there'll be a lot of Wednesday fans who will be kind of keeping an eye on that review and, and what the implications could be here. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I don't think it's the last that we've, we've heard from it. And, yeah, it's the knock-on effects that that would have had if the proposals had gone through, it's the knock-on effects it would have had on the pyramid and everything. And uh, I suppose, actually, a lot of the reaction online has been the sanctions that they want the big six to face. And you look at Wednesday, who've been hit with a points deduction. Well, let's be having the Premier League, the FA, everybody, all the governing bodies throw the book at the big six now and not, not hit them with fines, hit them with points deductions for next season and all that. So, yeah, we, I mean, the fallout from that is going to last a long time, isn't it? Of course it is. And, uh, yeah, I think at the moment, everybody's sort of breathing a big sigh of relief that for the time being, uh, you know, it, it's all over and that the pyramid is not going to be in jeopardy anytime soon. And, um, but yeah, you know, I'm sure, you know, the, the ramifications and the fallout from it, well, it's going to carry on, isn't it? It's going to rumble on for some time to come. I'm sure we'll talk about it again in the near future as the big six have made it clear um, with their owners that um, they don't want to be part of English football anymore and that they're uh, looking beyond English football. 
let them go get rid of them I think it'll make it a lot more interesting uh, right okay that is going to wrap us up quick mention for our uh, very good friends Wednesday Picks if you've not played it before free to play you can win some nice money as well it's available to download now if you head to the show notes section then you'll be able to find the link and to title law solicitors available for all your uh, legal needs who you can find at title law that's t-y-t-o law.co.uk Thank you for joining us. If you like Singing the Blues, please rate and review the show in your podcast app. Up the owls, and we'll see you next week. 